Hi, I'm Marielle Hemingway. As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process. Go to mindstermedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. This episode is brought to you by Mindstir Media and the Sunrise segment of the Outcomes of Sun podcast radio. And now, out comes the sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome, everybody, to Outcomes the Sun Radio. I am here with my brilliant co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi. I'm Mariel Hemingway, and today we get to talk about a show that I'm actually fascinated by. And it, it's, it's the kind of fascination that when you're irritated in traffic and you see people and you're stopped and you can't figure it out and then you realize there's been a wreck and that everybody is looking, I feel a little bit like the people looking when I watch this show called Succession. Okay, I don't know if any of you have watched this on, I think it's HBO. Is Max. it not? Yeah, it's on Max. And it's a brilliant, brilliantly written show. It's it. It is so. You talk about vitriol a lot, but this is the most vitriolic show. The most. I mean, if they were, they have snake venom coming out of their mouth. Oh yeah, speak to each other, vipers. Brilliant in some way. So let me set it up a little bit. They. This is a, a family that is sort of loosely based on another family uh, that we all probably know in 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 the world of what uh, uh, media or whatever. Right. But they're big money, big, big billions and billions of dollars. And the the patriarch of the family is is, you know, like he's been around the world and he is vicious. He's a vicious businessman and he has two sons and a daughter, three sons and a daughter, excuse me, three sons and a daughter. And they are basically pitting up against each other to win position to gain, you know, to be the whoever's going to succeed their father. Um, And I won't tell you exactly what happens in in case you haven't watched it because you don't want to know. But just it's just incredible the the craziness of how human beings react and i suppose for everybody who thinks that uh money is the root of all evil this is the show that makes that absolutely true i don't want to believe that but boy this show makes you think i yep i think it might be that it's money and the the connection to greed so I think I believe that greed is the biggest challenge, is the biggest problem that ails us. And so unfortunately, if one has not been given a foundation that teaches you how to 
not lean, lean into greed, then yeah, money can be damaging. The thing that you and I were recently visiting someone, um, and we talked about the show Succession, and our our guests at our luncheon were saying, oh, I hate that show. I can't watch that show. And it's the language is so vile and it's so unnecessary. And I agree, sometimes people speak in this way. And But then you and I... I you I turned to you because I my a light went off in my head and I realized we've got to talk about this on the show because this show Succession is really addressing mental illness and it's uh, it's it you see one of the sons who has this snarky sarcastic caustic wit and everything you realize is coming from a place of hurt because he missed absolutely. he never had a connection to his mother and he has absolutely. he's he has a relationship with an older woman again this is a connection to lack of, of attention from his mother and right. so you and i almost left the we were still with our guest but we began you could see the two of us going back and forth like oh and the daughter and this and we were identifying the mental illness and how astutely it has been handled on the show without ever addressing it. No one ever says, oh, by the way, you know, so-and-so is dealing with this. They don't even bring in a therapist to talk about it. They do gently with marital disputes, but they don't have it addressed. No. The dripping armchair psychosis that I'm making every night. I'm going, that's this, that's this. And yeah. it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Well, and and because I know that these writers are, who, who are really really bright, obviously, have done deep research into these characters. I mean, it's brilliant. It really is brilliantly written. Yes, it's very, it can get very nasty and the language is harsh. But but what it reminds you is that when you don't deal with mental, I don't even want to call it mental, when you don't deal with the trauma in your life, when you don't right. deal with the fact that you're an adult and if you come from privilege, maybe it just means you you feel you don't have to pay attention or you've been enabled to behave any way that you want. And nobody's ever stopped you because you it's kind of like celebrity celebrity. Mm -hmm. There's so many times when nobody calls them out on their bad behavior because we think, oh, well, you know, or what we think. You know, I don't, it's, it's not my place to do that. Or if you're on the payroll, do you say that? Right. You right. know, do, do you do that? And there's a lot of that in this. But the mental health conversation is huge in this. <sighs> and you're right, because this the younger son really I mean, he's incredibly bright and he does say the, the most and it does come from hurt. And he has a relationship with an older woman that works with the dad and all that stuff. And it's very it's highly inappropriate, but it's because he's filling up something that right. is a whole. it's it's really well done. And then there's, you know, the daughter who. You know, and she feels like the woman who's being overlooked. Right. She feels like the daughter who maybe maybe my dad likes me, you know, or maybe he just placates me i mean there's so yeah. many and she doesn't trust the good old boy system no that's she been doesn't. in place for so long so, right yeah right and then and then the older son who's kind of on the path to a a totally narcissistic existence but he's kind of gone to therapy so he has a piece of 
what might make him a better person, right? But not totally. Like and he, he regurgitates what he's heard and he's not putting it to action. Yeah. And then so, there's the oldest son, right? Yes, that's the oldest. The son. Oldest, well, no, the oh, oldest oh, son who's running oh for God. who's uh, the oldest son who's trying everything within his grasp, grabbing every low hanging fruit that oh, he yeah, can grab to try to get his dad to look at him because the younger three siblings are from a different mother. So then you have that dynamic of the half brother, and then every once in a while when there's some snarky argument, the younger the youngest of all four children will say, "Yeah, well, we don't even have you're, you're from you're you're from different stock." as though he's not the same. And so any person who's listening had, who has had a half brother or sister, or if you are, you have, and you have felt that you recognize it right away. Like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. It, the, you're right. This show is so complex in the, the, the greed factor, the, um, I mean, every, every, we could check mark every single thing we talk about in societal ailment, whether it's from PTSD, yes. whether it's from abandonment, whether oh, it's yeah. from whatever, right? Massive narcissism, gaslighting, adultery, every, oh, they gaslight. Yeah. They, they could light the world on fire with all the gaslighting. And then you got adultery that comes in. Oh, yeah. And hedonist hedonism, right? This hedonistic. Yeah, well, I'm not going to take that. Where's the Where's the limo? I'm not driving out there to the meeting. Where's the? I mean, where's yeah. the helicopter? It's just, it's insane, right? Insane. Oh. I mean, even to the point where they're ordering. I mean, it's what you imagine uber rich people with no conscience would do. It's. I mean, they basically do all of it. Everything that you think <laughs> they might do, they do. They're flying to, you know to the Caribbean to have lunch with their mother who they don't really like, but they're showing up, <laughs> you know, and then they don't like the food. And so they fly back and, you know, it's just, you're like, wow. Wow. You, you know, when money is of no, of value. value and you do whatever you want, you see that the problems don't disintegrate. You just see that they, if you don't deal with the problems, they, actually become bigger oh they yeah, get, so, oh in yeah, sort of headed snake banded yeah. weird and you influence many many people which is crazy because well, they also are in media they're the they're the people that you love to hate right yes. they're the people that we love Absolutely. to hate because they're just they we every attachment that we have for people that don't we don't care for has been attached to this family <laughs> and it's a good show. It's a good, it's a good break from your own reality, or maybe it helps you understand some things that are going on in your life a little bit better. Fantastic yes. writers. Wow. That I, you know, I, I love to hate the show. That's kind of what yep. I say. So if anybody's interested in a very well-written show with a lot of language, so I warn you in advance, go on, you know, get to max or HBO max and, and watch it. It's called succession. It's interesting hey don't go anywhere you're listening to outcomes the sun radio we are going to have wonderful guests today speaking of uh mental illness from a different highly different perspective but it will be very enlightening for you to listen stay tuned stay tuned come back Good morning, 
Santa Barbara. You're listening to The Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi, that'd be me, right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara. Hello, wonderful humans out there. I am Roy Zatiski from MyWildlife.com, and you are listening to Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Teens Help is an online mental health organization created for teens by teens. By the teens sharing personal stories of recovery, we help teenagers and young adults overcome their mental health and emotional challenges. So important. They also provide encouragement, coping strategies, education, and resources to other teens. See the recent videos on Teen Talk on their website about where teens talk about grief, loss, and heartbreak. The teens interview certified grief recovery specialist, Jennifer Byra. If you or someone you know is dealing with anxiety, depression, or any other challenges, go to Teens for Teens Help. That's teens, the number four, teenshelp.org. That's teens, the number four, teenshelp.org. You are not alone. There is help and there is hope. And about Jeff, Jeff was a film and video producer and director. He has helped many Fortune 500 companies market, sell, and explain their products and services. He has taught at Columbia College of Hollywood, written the book, A Parent's Guide to Anorexia. Jeff is currently the executive director and co-founder of a nonprofit, Teens for Teens Help, along with his wife, Kathy, and his daughter, Kara. Now let's talk about Kathy. Mm-hmm. Kathy is a licensed acupuncturist. I can use you all day and all night, Kathy, <laughs> and has been in practice for over 25 years. She and Jeff have two children, one at UC Davis, where my niece went, and one at Sacramento State. She believes in the ripple effect and knows that by improving the life of one person, you impact many, and has seen this firsthand in her medical practice. And about Kara, Kara is one of the co-founders of Teens for Teens Help. I love this organization so much, and I'll tell you why later. Uh, She's a recent graduate of UC Davis from the Honors Program with a degree in psychology and plans to continue her education to receive her doctorate. Uh, She's the co-founder and senior editor of the undergraduate psychology journal, The Aggie Transcript. So, look... First of all, please just tell us your story. How did you come to this? And yeah, how did you come to this? We can all talk about it. We came to it honestly. <laughs> um, In a nutshell. Why don't you start? Um, well, yeah, it's kind of weird to talk about Kara while she's here, but it, you know, it's all of our story. And in ninth grade, um, Kara had to go into a residential treatment program for anorexia and depression and anxiety. And that kind of started the journey of, you know, recovery and, and healing. And it was uh, an arduous journey, I will say, for all of us, and especially her. And then something happened when she was in treatment. I'm going to let Kara tell that part of the story, which was really how this whole thing got started. Wow. Please, Kara, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was at my last treatment center, it was an intensive outpatient. I was asked if I would speak at a high school for their mental health awareness week and share my story. 
and I did so and I was invited back the following year um, and I was so anxious like I hardly remember what I said um, and I was really intimidated going there and after I spoke to a class I had someone come up to me and he asked for a hug um, and I was pretty taken aback but I was like okay like of course um, and he had told me that when I came the first year he was incredibly suicidal but after hearing me talk, he decided to get help and it changed everything for him, um, which just, you know, really touched me because my whole goal of speaking was to try to prevent others from having to go through all of the struggles and treatment that I did. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I mean, let's face it, you speaking to your your peers is the only way that people are going to understand, you know, Kids don't want to talk to adults about their problems. It's nerve-wracking. You feel judged. You feel scared. I mean, I and I understand. You know, uh, I understand uh, food issue. I had a. I I wasn't anorexic, but I had a major uh, food issue when I was a kid, and it went on for years, and it it tormented me. Um, And I wish, I wish there was somebody. you know, my age at the time that could, that could have helped me or been through something or that I could have talked to. But I did. I would well, especially uh, that was back in the late 70s. I felt so isolated and alone at that time. But I, I just so appreciate what you're doing because you and and your parents, because they support you in this and they're helping make it a something powerful and 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 palpable and effective but i i so appreciate that your voice is really because kids need to hear from kids and they need to be listened to and i think probably you can probably speak to this more than anyone is that do do you feel that that kids your age just feel isolated and unheard Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, speaking for myself and for my peers in treatment. Yeah, I would say we certainly feel isolated and unheard and are unaware of how common mental health issues are, which makes it even more difficult to talk about and to understand that like what you're going through isn't completely atypical. No, exactly. And, And here's the thing. Everybody who's listening right now, I want you to realize that, you know, mental health issues aren't just the the commonly known depression or even suicidal tendency. There's it's a plethora of things we speak to often to people who have addiction problems. That's a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. You know, addiction is a mental health issue. Uh, Body, you know, food, anorexia, all these different things, all of them. They're all part of this mental health. That's why we've got to bring it all together and allow people to realize that this this problem is vast. And we also have to get bored. I think that, you know, today it was brought up something about insurance companies and how we don't support those things like the, the mental health problems. We're not supporting that because... It seems like, oh, it's just part of the head, which isn't part of the body. But actually, hello, it's actually all intertwined, right? I I don't know. So, I, I, I again, I applaud you. I have a question for you, if I may. With 
I, first of all, I, I, I'm so happy that you're doing this because I know that you're relatable, right? We all, we gravitate towards people that we can identify with. And, and what you see depends on where you stand. And when you're speaking to someone who has stood on your ground, you have this common ground, then they can relate to you much faster, especially when they're around your age because you, you identify with them. But a question I have, and I'm not sure to whom it should go, all three of you are experts in this far better than I, in a day and age when we hear from pandemic, there's loneliness that's plaguing everyone from every age group, to social media, which makes people feel so isolated in a whole different way, and they don't know how to keep up, and they don't know what to, they're not getting enough likes or whatever, they can't get off the dopamine rush from running through things. How do you, how do you navigate when it's not just an issue, it's an issue it's, that's so multi-layered? Where do you, how do you handle that? Well, that's, you know, that's a difficult thing because that's everybody's individual way of trying to figure it out. I mean, obviously, this is a cultural issue. It's mm -hmm. not just one thing. It's not just technology and just media everywhere. It's when you're on your device, you're not with people, you're not outdoors, you're also not sleeping as well. You know, we have a lot of foods that aren't natural. And so those are basic blocks, but it's it's that's a very complex question. And so the way you navigate it is you start where you are, right? And, and you find out what you're dealing with. And so what we really tried to create was once Kara told her story, we thought, oh my gosh, this has to exist online. And it didn't. And so we asked Kara, if we create a site where kids can hear about recovery from other kids on a variety of emotional mental health issues, would that be a good thing? And she said, absolutely, let's do it. And yes. so as parents, when we started to navigate this, it was so difficult. We didn't know where to go. And you go on the Internet and there's a thousand different things and what's real and what isn't. And so we wanted to create this funnel where kids and people who love them can go and find somebody like them talking about their issues and then have informational videos that are narrated by teens and then resources so they could get to where they need to go to heal as soon as possible. And we knew what you said earlier, Melissa. Teens listen best to teens mm -hmm. and they're online and they consume video. So it doesn't make sense to do written stories. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to have adults talk to them. It's teens telling all these stories and giving the information. And so that's what we created. And I think the answer, part of the answer to that question for you is also, I, it's just knowledge. Like if people can understand, right, the algorithms and they're being hooked in and the way the brain works and the dopamine, right? And so that's why we have the informational videos because knowledge is power. And so you can't make somebody change, but you can at least give them the tools to which to make better choices. And so that's what we try to do um, because it's, you're right, it's a, it's a huge ball of wax really to yeah. kind of figure out. Would you say, Carol, would you say that that your um, recovery from whatever from anorexia was aided by the fact that that your parents had found this need, this desire for for what you've created? I mean, do you think that 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 helped you to want to be well, to be better, to let go of this anxiety about your body and this feeling of depression because of it? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, what it did was it helped motivate me to um, basically like practice what I preach and to know yeah. that like I've come this far and, you know, we have this organization where we're helping 
uplift other teens and we have other teens who have overcome things sharing their story and so i think it was like encouraging and inspiring um and it did really keep me like very recovery focused because this is something i'm passionate and this is something that i wanted to do and in order to help others like i have to make sure i'm helping myself first absolutely do you feel do you i, I mean this might be too personal but do you fall back do you did you did the the old feelings kind of haunt you at all anymore or? yeah i mean recovery is not like a straight line yes. um everyone says it and it's so true you know there are still stressors and triggers and so it's not like um all of my mental health issues or something that i've like overcome and put behind me right. um i don't think that's a super realistic thing to expect like right we're human beings we're always going to struggle we're always going to have issues mm -hmm. and you know when you spend so many years like growing up mm -hmm. because you know my mental health issues started really like first second grade so i kind of grew into that mindset and so it does take a lot of effort to kind of rewire the way i think and i have come so far that it's pretty easy but recovery is still a choice that i make every single day absolutely you made a really important point you said it began in second grade. Yeah. This is, an, this is a seven, eight-year-old age. And I think that when the majority of parents would think, oh, the teen years, we got to get ready. 10, 11, 12, they're going to start going into preteen. Now we got to have our antenna up and look for the signs. But seven, eight. And I have spoken to a kindergarten teacher who told me that some of the little girls in her class were complaining about how big they were. And these are little five-year-old girls. They were saying, I'm too big. I don't like the school uniform. It was like they had to wear skirts or something. And they didn't like it because it showed their legs. And she said, what's wrong with your legs? They're too big. And these were five-year-old baby girls, right? And so I'm, I thank you for sharing that. That's a vulnerable point. And that's a point when I don't think most parents are thinking about it. They're thinking, how do I get the little twitch thing out of their hands and get them back to the table so that they're engaged with the family. They're not thinking beyond what we're being told are the normal problems. So that's that's a that's a really key point that you brought up. And it's I how do you from your expertise, how do you deal how do you teach a parent to deal with anxiety um when it starts so young and you don't really know what to look for? I don't think we know what to look for. We don't know what anxiety looks like, right? Especially at that age. Yeah. Well, and I'm not even sure at that age they have, you know, the, the, language. the language to explain what's going on. They're just feeling it. And, and a lot of times, you know, in our society, we're taught to hide our feelings and not talk about them. Yeah. Right. So, but are, there, know, are, there, the are there flags that the parents could pick up? You know, it's interesting because I think about this now, obviously, you know, yeah. hindsight. Yeah, hindsight, right. Um, when Kara was little... And it would be bedtime. She would always want to know exactly what tomorrow was going to bring. Yeah. And so it was um, it, it was interesting. And I think about it now because it was it, that was a constant. It was a, wow. you know, what like she always needed to be. And I see that now is I don't know. Maybe you can answer that care whether that's a control thing or, or feeling like you're in control. But it was, you know, I always we had to just kind of go over. It wasn't a ritual thing, but I, I think about it now that it was OK. What what exactly you know, what are we doing? What's tomorrow going to be like? Well, I, I love that you brought that up because my whole food issue really was about growing up in an unstable environment where I loved my family so much but there was there was addiction all kinds of things going on and 
I just wanted to control my life so that I could just feel like my body was the only thing I could control, right? It was the only thing that I thought, okay, I got, I've got this. I can control food and I can control my body. I mean, I didn't know, but I, it started very young. I mean, I think that you bring up some, something very interesting. And by the way, me saying that has nothing to do. I'm not saying that you were you had an unstable household because, you know, I know that some of these things are they happen because Lord only knows. I mean, maybe you came into this incarnation going. I'm going to, you know, that this is this is my journey and this is what I'm going to figure out. Sometimes it's a trauma that happens from your childhood. Sometimes it's a teacher says something strange or or a friend or a or a sibling, you know, whatever it is. It, it, you never know what that is. So. So one of the things I just wanted to bring about that, you know, parents, a lot of times, especially people our age, don't have any idea they can't compute what it's like to be a young person today. Mm -hmm. We are digital adopters. We didn't grow up That's in a right. digital world. Right. They're digital natives. And, and they're growing up with so much information for their young brains and so yeah. much pressure and so much FOMO and, and so much uh, kind of the, the negative comparisons that can happen on the internet and you see other people, the Kardashians and everybody else doing wonderful things and I'm at home. It, so there's, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's really important for parents to understand that what their kids experience of the world is so vastly different than mm -hmm. theirs. Absolutely. And you just can't compare it. And until they really dig into some of the reasons why we have this mental health crisis, and that's a whole nother podcast. Right. Yeah, um, it is. You know, it's very deep, but it's important for parents to go. Yeah. yeah you, you don't rub dirt on it. You don't, you know, suck it up. Yeah. It's a different world for these kids. And it's really, really difficult. Kara, do you want to talk about that at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure like what you want me to. Well, what, what is that. it? What, what what is it to to what is it for you to grow up in this highly digitized world? I love what you said that you know we're digital adopters and they're digital natives, and it's so true. I mean, you see babies like they can scroll through things like I can't even do. So, what is it like for you? Because you didn't know another way. You grew up with technology is really kind of it's second nature to you but do you do you can you separate from that do you see where it can be problematic for you yeah i mean now that i'm older and i've just learned so much and i have a greater sense of self like i can totally identify you know like the the you know boundaries between yeah. like real life and you know picture perfect what gets posted on social media yeah. but when i was growing up when i was you know 12 years old 13 years old i was so impressionable and i didn't know who i was i didn't know yeah. you know what to expect of myself or my peers and so i you know was really taking on things that i saw on social media and i wasn't aware that like oh you know what you see what people post, that's not their life. That's their highlight reel. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I was just comparing my everyday experiences to things that other people were, you know, like were special to them and they were glamorizing. And so I felt very inferior because that was um, like a pattern throughout my life as I just always had like a really 
deep underlying sense of inferiority. And so seeing, you know, peers and celebrities and things on social media really reinforced that. Um, and so I definitely would say like growing up when I was trying to discover who I was, mm -hmm. I was really negatively impacted by social media. Yeah. Wow. That, wow. I want to say that, um, Thank you for what you've done. I have yeah. a nephew um, who has overcome addiction and is still overcoming addiction and will from here to, from womb to tomb, he will be working on this. And he has let me know and let the family know ad nauseum, like, look, I'm, I'm still working on this. Uh, today's a good day, but I'm still working on this. So I want to, and he's older, he's in his mid thirties. And I know had he had your resources mm -hmm. at the time of his, his, his start of his pain, he, he would have, uh, fared much better than he did and he's doing well now praise be but i think that what you're doing is glorious thank you very much what you've done for the community this and and i we wish you all the best always and we'd like to highlight you on Merrill hemingway foundation yeah absolutely i uh, uh, we melissa and i both started a, a foundation called the Merrill hemingway foundation we're not our yes <laughs> we're here in the same room we're together <laughs> we're together and we um we started it so that we could be a resource navigator i want to be able to highlight people like yourself so that especially for teens is yeah. this a hot I, I meant to ask this earlier is this a hotline is this a hotline situation no 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 we offer hotlines i mean oh, you because do. we yeah we we don't do the service we let that to the experts and so yes the team but you do you direct line. it you direct yes. it towards Fantastic. but i i love i just love what you're doing i'm so honored that you would come on and, t and talk about this i mean we need to have you back on because i i, I want to ask you about you being a grief recovery specialist and what grief means but we don't have a lot of time today <laughs> and you're amazing and i got to tell you jennifer your your middle name is byra no, no, that's no, another no, no. person. Jennifer Byra is the is the grief specialist who did the teen talk. Oh, I've got you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Rewind. Anyway, well, never mind. Um, it's really great to talk to you. I really do hope that you will come back. You're all very, very special, doing very, very important work. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to learn more, please go to teensforteenshelp.org. And that's teensforteenshelp at Instagram, teensforteenshelp at Facebook, teensforteenshelp at LinkedIn. Please, please go there. This is an important organization doing important work in the world, and we're so grateful for all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think just to keep talking to people and almost make yourself talk to people and just open up because it's so easy to just be like, ah, I don't want to talk to anyone today or I don't want to talk to anyone for the rest of the week. And then it just grows. So you just have to really be on yourself and pay attention to that. I don't do any of my schoolwork in my room. I go and I like into, this is our like guest room and I work in there um, just because I don't want to ruin my room by working in there constantly go get some exercise to be able to feel like more like yourself make yourself feel a little happier 
I like to meditate. I've recently picked up following uh, yoga. I'll like go to open a pickle jar and like can't open it and just have a full breakdown. And my mom will be like, why are you crying? Why can you? And it's just because it's just everything. Every little thing is just so much to handle right now. So just being able to not let all of that build up and then explode and just taking it day by day and talking to my friends or letting my friends talk to me and just being like, yes, like what you are saying is valid. I understand. I feel it too is just what I think is going to help us get through it. Go to Teens for Teens Help to watch videos from teens. That's teens, the number four, teenshelp.org. Hey, good morning, everyone. You are listening to The Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara. Hi, my name is Corey Richards, and you're listening to me on Outcomes of Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Uh, I'm a National Geographic photographer and mental health advocate, and I'm looking forward to the show. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kara. And we are the founders of Teens for Teens Help. We're an online mental health organization that offers personal stories of recovery, information, and resources. We help teens and young adults overcome their mental health and emotional challenges. You are listening to Out Comes the Sum with Marielle Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. And next, Energy with Melissa Yamaguchi. back to Outcomes the Sun. I'm Melissa Yamaguchi with Mariel Hemingway. I'm here to share with you today a tip on energy, another tip on energy. And the one I want to talk to you today is about this concept of sickness. Whenever we are sick, whether it's a common cold, whether it's a flu, whether it was the dreaded COVID, anything that's going around when there's sickness, or if you have been um, you, you've been released from the hospital and you're at home recovering from a sickness. There are certain tips in feng shui that we really heed. And in particular, this year, which we, we know is the year of the rabbit, there's a couple tips that are, it's going to sound silly when I say it. You're going to think, well, isn't that a good tip always? But just listen to me. L- l- hear me out. For the year of the rabbit, one of the things that we talk about is that's most important in feng shui is paying attention to avoiding excess carbohydrates yes it's important to avoid excess carbohydrates and all my all of my friends who are listening who are keto or or any specific diet that abstains from this yes you hear me but in particular this year so if you say well i eat carbohydrates simple and complex i don't want to i this is a part of my diet excessive i'll say it again avoid excessive carbohydrates what's happening with the way energy is moving this year is that there's a there's a stuck energy in certain times of the year where you will feel the effects of something more pronounced than you would any other time there are certain times of the year of different energies of the year that you can eat and you will not have as much of a problem now i'm going to get i can already hear and feel people instant messaging me on my instagram asking me about this and what do you mean What I mean is that the way energy moves every single year, every month, every day, every hour can affect our bodies differently from one year to the next. This year is obviously no exception. 
avoid excessive carbohydrates. I talk to my clients about this. There's a few other tips that I'd like to talk to you about when it comes to sickness. Consumption, uh, with the excessive consumption this year, it settles into areas usually around the stomach. So we watch for food that can irritate your gastric lining. Intestinal issues seem to be at the forefront of some of the potential problems this year. If you already suffer from irritable bowel syndrome or a sensitive stomach or you're low on your healthy gut microbiomes, certainly this is not a year to poo-poo anything the doctor has said to you. Pay attention and be careful and mindful watching any food that really irritates your gastric lining. Another thing that's important in feng shui with your health this year is to really pay attention to the air quality of your home. Now, I'm really big on air filters, and there's one in particular that I have purchased that I saved up and got, and it's from Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E. They do a great job, but any really good quality HEPA air filter is very important to cleanse your house, and, and we really want to watch the air quality of your home. That's It's, it's always important. And it has been, especially since we were going through COVID. I was, I think it became, I think I read that the air filter sales shot through the roof. But in particular, let's pay attention to that. Another thing that I would like for you to consider is full spectrum lighting. The reason it's so important over fluorescent lighting for sure is that full spectrum lighting mimics natural light. You can get full spectrum lighting at Staples or at any of the the, the big warehouses or any any warehouse or tool hardware store that you can go to. But full spectrum lighting is really important. I've talked about before the benefits of having natural lighting in the home. And if you don't have a window at your office space or at home, then bringing in full spectrum lighting really helps boost your health. Another little feng shui tip that we use when it comes to health is trying to have lighting that shoots upward as opposed to downward. When you have downward lighting, it becomes more oppressive. Now, in your bedroom, you may not want a light that's shooting up because you're trying you're trying to pull down for the night. But it's certainly in areas of your home where you want the energy to be a little bit higher, maybe in the kitchen or maybe in the, the family room where you watch TV, then bringing that lighting up is a little feng shui tip that we use often. So that's those are my tips for the day on how to help your house have a healthy, healthy environment when you're recovering or trying to, to push any potential sickness that's flying around away. Now, don't go anywhere. Please stay tuned. Coming up next, Mariel Hemingway with tips on health and balance. You're listening to Out Comes the Sun. Hey, it's Joe here. And Lara. And we're with Sam's Furniture here in Arkansas. And you are listening to Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi on Out Comes the Sun. And now, Mariel Hemingway with Balance. everybody. Welcome back to Outcomes of Sun Radio. I'm Marielle Hemingway, and I'm here with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi. And I'm going to give you a little tip on 
balance today. I'm going to talk about minerals and the importance of minerals. Minerals are incredibly important because, and I've talked about this in a tip before, but I'm going to tell you why minerals are so important. They help you. I mean, you've heard that they help with your bones. They help with cramping. I don't know if you know that. If you get, if you don't get enough magnesium, you will have aches and pains in your body that you that you don't have to have if you if you take minerals um here let me tell you a few signs that you are mineral deficient constipation bloating or abdominal pain is sometimes a reason for that decreased immune system diarrhea which is kind of counterintuitive because they just said it was constipation but irregular heartbeat sometimes muscle cramping nausea and vomiting numbness or tingling in the extremities so these are things signs that you may be mineral deficient right so it's always good to look at do i take minerals i like to put minerals in water um i like to do salt and i've talked about this before i like to do real salt in water first thing in the morning because we've been asleep and that kind of turns on the your electricity because we are electrical beings so put a little salt in your water and then everything gets turned on inside and i do minerals i do uh magnesium calcium magnesium at night uh but there are mineral combinations that are liquid that you can put in your water which i do throughout the day um so just just remember how important minerals are because our our soil is depleted our you know our food is depleted of 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 its minerals because of the way things are grown nowadays so just be aware that you probably need minerals and maybe you're not sleeping as well because you're not getting minerals at night and that would be mostly magnesium but look look to see if you're taking minerals that's my energy tip that's what i got for you today so it was a great show. I'm really happy that we connected with Teens for Teens today because, you know, I my heart always just goes out to somebody who suffered as a teenager. I did have a, a body image issue as a child, and it would have been I, I could have easily easily turned to my sister was bulimic. I could have easily become anorexic when I was a teen, except. I did like to eat too much. So, so God, when I thought about like only eating an apple a day, that was like, bummer. Anyway, so I never did that, but I counted calories. I did all kinds of crazy things. Um, so I know what it's like to become obsessive about control. So I love being able to share teens for teens with everyone because also, you know, uh, that's a teen dealing with another teen and that makes a huge difference if somebody my age had been able to help me when i was a kid and i was so obsessed so my body my self-image as a teenager was so bad it lasted into my 40s but that's a whole other story <laughs> anyway i feel really good about myself now it just took me a while so anyway, uh, that's it, Melissa. Uh, I think I like that we've wrapped up an amazing show. And yes. you know, stay with us, people, because we love you so much. And we will see you again soon. Choose healthy. Choose you. Out comes the sun. Please go to MarielHemingwayFoundation.org.
help us create a resource navigator for people with mental health issues. We're coming up with solutions. Out Comes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. Sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. And sound engineer, Slater Smith. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.